Well, I want to give another welcome for those of you that might, might have come in after I gave the first one, and those of you that might have gotten online. But uh, welcome to all of you. My name is Greg Donnelly. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Uh, my particular area is for those who are 65 years old and up. And uh, this is the, the Gray Power group. But uh, great group to work with. And to my left here, uh, you see some flowers. The white flowers are for two middle schoolers who received Christ at camp this re very recently. So that's great to hear that. And <laughs> then the yellow flower is a home going for someone from a congregation. David Martin died last week on Father's Day, and we had the funeral on Thursday. So that's for David Martin. So we want to remember both ways here. Now, as it says, bless, bless, let's just go through that real quick. B stands for be prayerful, okay? Secondly, L stands for listen, carefully. Uh, today it's going to be about eating. Now, you're excited, aren't you? Okay, okay, all right, so that's the E. And then the S is where we do what? We serve, okay? And then the second S is we Share our story. All right, so that's kind of that's how we put that together. Trinity preached on that last year, and we do this periodically just to keep it before all of us because we all have to be reminded of different uh, elements about this. So think about it as the open heart, the open hand, and the open house. But let's pray as we begin here. Heavenly Father, we just want to take this time to thank you for the fact that you allow us to be ambassadors for you. And Lord God, help us be the best ambassadors we can be. So Lord, we just ask that you would teach us by your Holy Spirit. Use me as a simple instrument, but may there be communication that people will understand more as we talk about these things. But thank you for this opportunity to, to be here for all of us. And so we just commit this time to you now in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. All right, we're going to... We're going to take this uh, from Luke chapter 5. Now, Luke uh, writes about Levi. Matthew writes about Matthew, but they're one and the same person. They're a, they're a tax collector. And so we're going to take this from, uh, from Luke chapter 5, and we'll have this on the screen in a moment here. It's six verses we'll be covering this morning. I've never preached on eating before, so buckle your seatbelts. We'll see what comes out of this here. But eating together. All right. Let me just read this here. Luke chapter 5, starting verse 27. After this, he did some miraculous work among some people there. But after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So that's the verse we'll, verses we'll be foc focusing on this, this morning here. All right. 
Now, when you think of Christ and when he was on, this, on the planet Earth here, what were some of the things that he really was able to bless the people with during his time of ministry, his three years? Participatory time. Healing, okay. Miracles, teaching, the power he had over disease and demons and death, over nature. Throw out a few more. Okay, feeding. You went ahead of me on that one, but anyway, <laughs> it's okay. All right, so a lot of different things. And of course, dying on the cross and then rising from the dead. All right, but a lot of times we don't think about all the times that Jesus spent around a table with people. But there's a lot of examples. Point number one is this, eating together, and that is because much of his ministry was eating together with others. Now, his first miracle performed was the wedding at Cana, a social event. Okay, he turned the water into wine. Okay, his best-known miracle is what Kelly said, and that is the feeding of the 5,000. Now, here's what's interesting. That miracle that took place, feeding the 5,000, is in every one of the four Gospels. It's the only time that one type of miracle was covered in all four Gospels. But it's the feeding of the 5,000. So it's eating. And so here it is. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you knew this or not, but if you look at each account, each one says 5,000 men. But there were women and children there too. So it could have been 10,000. could have been 15,000. I don't know how big the families were, but it could have been more. But that's amazing to think about Jesus feeding that just from those fishes and, and little loaves. And then the night before his crucifixion, he had his disciples with him for the what? Last Supper. Okay. After his resurrection, he was breaking the bed, breaking the bread with the two men that he walked to Emmaus with. Sat down at the table, broke the bread, and then disappeared. But uh, meals, meals, they'll never forget that meal. Having breakfast on the beach with the disciples after his resurrection. Now, there's something about a meal together that, that kind of calms us down. And Jesus made the most of this, and we should too. Colossians 3.15 says this, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. And make the most of every opportunity. This is an opportunity. You pray, you listen, and you eat together. Now think of that. Think of that. Very simple. We all do it. But so number one, eating together because Jesus made use of this opportunity, and we should too. All right. Secondly, eating together is not to build walls, but to build longer tables. Now, let's ex let me explain that. All right, building walls. When we build walls, they aren't horizontal, they're vertical, and it blocks us from people. And we can surround ourselves with just the people that we like or just our family, and that's about it, and not invite anyone else in. So that's why I say don't build walls. It's not to build walls, but it's to extend the table that we might invite others that maybe aren't connected. You know, in junior high, that's probably the worst place for cliques, isn't it? 
junior high tables. You know, the girls sit at the tables, the guy at the table, and don't let this person in on this table, and you can't sit at our table, and those kind of... I mean, it's cliques. It's just openly having cliques. We don't want cliques in the church, do we? Do we? Okay, okay. <laughs> this group doesn't want to have cliques in the church. Okay, good for you guys. I'm with you. I'll preach this way from the rest of the service. Now. Okay, we don't want to have cliques in the church. We want to have an openness. My father died back in 1991. My mom died in 2015. But when my mom died, we got some interesting letters. One was from a guy by the name of Ted. Ted lived about two blocks from our house. I live, my hometown is Fairmont, Minnesota. Uh, anyway, Ted wrote in this letter, he said, you know, I didn't think about it when I was a kid, but I remember eating over at your, at your house. I have, there were six boys in our family, no girls. So, so here it was, Ted comes over and eats, and there's, we have different kids come in and eat with us and stuff. He said, I can't believe your mom would just say, oh yeah, you can join us for a meal, Sure. She didn't say, I'll put a little more water in the soup or something like that. But anyway, uh, he ate with us, and you know, we didn't think about it. Because, you know, you're a kid growing up. You just think, well, it's time to eat. Let's eat. But on the mother or whoever makes the meal. But he said, I want to thank you for having a mother that would allow me to eat with you at different times because you got six hungry boys, and then I joined the group. She said, he said, thank you so much for that. Just kind of an interesting letter. We all laughed about that, my brothers and I. But we don't want clicks. Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6. This is what it says. God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. God sets the lonely in families. I wonder if that last part, God sets the lonely in families, is talking about foster care or adoption. Why do we not want to extend the table? Why are we content with just building walls? Well, some people say, I don't like to have people in my home. I'm not a good cook. I don't like what I make. I don't want to give it to someone else. The house is a mess most of the time. The drapes are all torn up because we were too cheap to get the cat declawed. Sound like somebody else did it too. Okay. Try potluck. Invite people over. You bring this, you bring this, you bring this. It, it's very enjoyable. Uh, maybe you need to try a restaurant if, if it's okay financially. Try a restaurant. Uh, someone will say, I don't know what to say. What if nobody talks? What if I invite people over and no one talks? You know, deathly silence is, uh, uh, we, have to learn what, we have to learn to listen, so we don't want to go both extremes here, but... Uh, you know, if someone has diarrhea of the mouth, you know who those people are. Okay, they just don't quit talking. And, and uh, here's the thing about eating together. When someone who has diarrhea of the mouth, sooner or later they've got to eat something. So when they put the food in, that's when you come alive and say, hey, listen, let's, uh, let's change channels here, let's change gears. And so you just kind of move things along. Uh, someone else will say, I'm so busy just so busy. But you know, we, we do have to eat. We do have to eat. And when you care about people, you begin to reach out to all kinds of people. Now here's Levi. He's a tax collector. 
Everyone knows tax collectors back then were just, ugh, because they were traitors. The Romans come in, they conquer the area, and then they force the taxation on the people there to support them to stay as the occupying force. And that's nauseating. And so anyone who collected, collected taxes was really a put-down. Remember how they would do it. Romans say, okay, in your section of this city or whatever, we, want, we expect $10,000 from you at the end of the year. Whatever you collect beyond that is your money. We don't care what you do. I don't care how you get it, but 10000 is ours, and then you can take it any way you want. Well, you get a greedy person there. Man, they're just nickel and diming you to death, and so it just irritated me. So nobody liked them. But here is, here is Levi. He says, it says in the verse that we read here, he says, he held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. He invited people into his home. I'm sure there are a lot of con artists there and his, the co-workers that he worked with, but he brought in a whole bunch of people. That was his retirement party from the world of taxation. And to introduce... Jesus to his, this crowd. Now you think about it. You know, the fishermen, Peter, James, and John, those guys were fishermen. If this following Jesus did not work out for them, and they didn't know the future, they would just go back to fishing. But he could not go back to his occupation because Rome didn't say, well, you know, you can come and go as you please. You know, you want to buy it again? It was a one-time shot, you know, one and done, basically. So when he did this, he, he said, I'm in this. And when Jesus came and said, follow me, he knew his heart was ready. His heart was truly ready. Another reason we don't do it. Frankly, it might be, I'm scared. I'm scared. But to match that, Proverbs 29, verse 25 says, and this principle can be used anywhere. It says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. So fear can cause people not to have anybody come over. All right, whoops. What was the first two points? All right, what are the first two points? Point number one, eating together because Christ does it okay. He did had a lot of great ministries through meals. All right, secondly, eating together because... All right, don't build the walls, but build longer tables. Okay, third point here is... Eating together is to be intentional, making sure that Jesus is honored. Let me explain that too. You want to have harmony in the home. Now, husbands and wives working together. Husbands, the most, in most cases, who does the cooking and the baking? I don't know what you said, but I'm going to say it myself here. Okay, mostly the, mostly the women. They do it most of the time. Okay. Now, it isn't always that case, but I want you husbands to be very appreciative of your wife for doing the cooking and baking they do. Case in point, I used to play baseball with a guy by the name of Bob and uh, junior high stuff. And, and uh, anyway, years later, he came for a funeral that I was officiating. We got talking afterwards, and I said, well, how's Bev? I knew his wife a little bit. How's Bev doing? He said, well, she's great, you know, da-da. But she just hates being in the kitchen. She doesn't like to cook, doesn't like to bake, doesn't even like to walk through the kitchen. Bob said, if I ever build a house, I'm going to build a lot of kitchens. See how, see how she'll like that. 
But seriously, he said, if I wanted to hide something from my wife, you know where I'd put it? I'd put it in the oven. She would never find it. So husbands, thank your wife for what she does. It helps to bring harmony in the home. Now, we want to be a blessing to people. That's what we're talking about here, bless. We want to be a blessing to people. We want to care about people. We want the best for the people that we know. And we know that Christ is the best. He changes our lives. He, he gives us heaven for an inheritance. It's just, it's great. It's wonderful. But we've got to reach people. He wants us to be good ambassadors for himself. Now, I debated about using this illustration, but I'm gonna, I decided I'd do it. I'm a, I'm a widow, widower, um, and 70 years old. And I used to have potluck meals where I lived. I moved now from uh, Cedar and 7th to into the Senator. And so it's a little different uh, housing situation. But when I was in Cedar and, and uh, 7th and had that house, I invited people over. I started in August of 2020. And so... And I thought, well, this, this is kind of fun to have these people over. And so I started doing this on a regular basis. I have about 10 people come uh, each or every other week, so whatever. Anyway, so, but people would say, I can't do it. You know, and this is COVID season too. So I tried to be under the radar in that and, you know, don't come over if you're sick and all that, all that good stuff. Uh, so, so anyway, some would say, well, we can't do it that week. It doesn't work for us. So I, I had to start taking notes and call them the next time or whatever. And so... Then I put down those who came. And so as this went on, I kept the numbers. At the end of 10 months, and then I moved to where I'm at now, but at that time, uh, I had brought in 200 and, no, 253 people into the house for a meal. Okay, now if a, if a widower can do it, you know what I'm going to say, anybody can do it. You know, you call, they know you're, they know you're living there by yourself. And, you know, they, they, the bar is pretty low as far as the house being clean and all that kind of stuff. I mean, for most guys. And, and they're like, well, okay, should we go over there or not? You know. Anyway, so 253 people came. So brave souls they were. But it was, it was great. And, and to be together, to talk, and it was just, it was, it was fun. But I remember, I remember being nervous about, about it. Calling, you know, you know, you know I was like, Hi, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. Uh, hi, it's Greg Donnelly here. Like a teenager calling a girl in junior high, you know, like, scared to death. Anyway, I wasn't quite that scared, but anyway, I didn't know a lot of the people because I hadn't been here that long at that time. But you know, when you, when you think about somebody calling you for a meal, you know, you think friendliness and, and uh, being neighborly and gracious and that kind of stuff. So it's a positive thing. It's very positive. But trust God to, to use you as a blessing to other people. So, so the point here is this. Be intentional, making sure that Jesus is honored. Pray and pray. That's what I did, and, and do that yourself. Pray that the people, you invite the right people, the right people at the right time, and, and you, you know, God knows, we don't, but we pray, and we get directed. And, and we just keep asking, Lord, may, may this time be a joyful time with these people. May they connect with others. And just on and on. And don't be afraid to do it. Leave the results with the Lord, but be prayed up for it. Make sure Christ is, is there. Here's a little story. Uh, father and son went to uh, church together. 
And the pastor was speaking on the wedding at Cana, where Jesus changed the water into wine. All right, so father, son, after the service, they're driving home, and the father says to the son, now what did you get out of the message? And he said, if you have a wedding, make sure Jesus is there. That was pretty good for a 10-year-old to say that. (laughs) Okay, it's the same principle. You have people over, be prayed up. Be prayed up. You're not going to have Jesus, but you can have the Holy Spirit. And be prayed up. Honoring to the Lord. All right. Last point here is eating together is practicing good hospitality. Okay? Good hospitality. Now, hospitality... You know what that means? It's a word. It's two words put together. In the Greek, in the Greek it's philo. Now, philo is one of the words that, that the Bible uses for love, like Philadelphia, okay? City of brotherly love. You're kind of trying to say, okay, okay. City of brotherly love. All right, Philadelphia. The philo is the love. Okay, okay. The rest of um, the word goes on, it's xenos. Xenos means stranger. So literally, hospitality is loving the stranger. Okay, now, this is how we practice hospitality. Romans chapter 12, verse 13 says this, Share with God's people who are in need. Then it goes on and says, Practice hospitality. Now, when was the last time you practiced hospitality? Now, children, when your mom and dad say, don't talk to strangers or something like that, listen to your parents. But we're talking about people who are, you know, maybe neighbors we don't know, and that we see people, but we don't know them. And that's what we're talking about here. Practice hospitality. Romans 12, 13. Here's another address. 1 Peter 4, 9, it says this. It says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So now if you're sitting here going, I don't want to do that. That's not my thing. These are universal principles here. This is for everybody. Without grumbling. Here's another one. Matthew 25, verse 35. It says this. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Now, leaders in the church, if you go to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and you go to Titus chapter 1, both these two spots have, have where they have a list of qualifications for elders. And it goes on and on. It says, then it comes to this. It says, you know, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable. An elder is to be a lover of strangers, people you don't know. Now, how do we do this? We do it as unto the Lord. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So start doing it for him. And then, this is something we can teach our children. Children come to class. You know, in a few months, I don't want to kill your spirit here on this, a couple months, school will start up again. Okay, so with that happening, there's going to be some new students there. They don't know anybody. What do you do with them? You befriend them. 
You say, welcome to the school. Where you, you know, where'd you come from and all this kind of stuff. You just talk to them. Don't ignore them. Don't just talk to your friends. Talk to the people you don't know, but you might have future friends in the kids you talk with. Um, same with the Sunday school class. How many of you, when you don't see somebody you don't know, you go over to them and say, hey, I, I don't think I know you. And Now, you know, when you first start at a church, you can say that to anybody and say, I don't think I know you. But, uh, you know, when you just say, have you been here long? Yeah, about 20 years, you know. It's a little different story. But anyway, you word it as you want. But anyway, just introduce yourself. And let's go into our homes just for a moment. Homes are to be places of refreshment and encouragement. Uh, guys, once again, now don't elbow the guys, but uh, guys, pay attention to this. Be sensitive to your wives. Help her with the vacuuming. I knew I'd get a reaction out of that one. But anyway, help with the vacuuming. Whatever it might be that helps her. Maybe to stay out of the kitchen, too. I don't know what it is at their house. But just be helpful. That's all I'm saying. And uh, also, don't invite guests at the last minute without her knowing. I feel a lot of conviction in this uh, message here on (laughs) responses. But remember, we're doing it to reach people for the Lord and inviting them over, whether it's a restaurant or your home or whatever it is. How many of you like to do that kind of stuff? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Two hands go up. Okay, there, there better be some conviction out of this. Okay. <laughs> but as we, as we do this, it really becomes joyful. You get to know some people, and it's, it's fun. It's, it can be fun. Now, some people are more outgoing than others, and maybe it's harder for you to do this, but, but work with people. You talk to someone who's kind of a jabbermouth, and, and you know, have them do the call or something like that if you want to get some people at your house. But whatever, just try some of this stuff. Take a risk. It's very, it can be very enjoyable. So let me just close in the prayer. you got all the points now. You know what to do. But let's just bow our heads. And we're going to have a surprise later on. I'll explain it in a few minutes here after our next song. Heavenly Father, teach us, Lord, to love people. Just love people. And Lord God, help us to love people we don't even know. And so, Lord, as we talk about the E, the eating, eating together, Lord, we just want to take every opportunity we have to reach others for you. The greatest thing in life is to know you and to live for you. And Lord, we need different ways to share it. And so as we talk about this particular way, Help us, Lord, put it into practice and do what you want us to do. So guide each one, I pray in your name. Amen.